The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. Uh, okay. Let's just do it. Okay? Great. Um, yeah, welcome back. Judd's Buds episode something. Um, are we 30? No, maybe not. Maybe we are at 30. Couldn't tell you. Uh, who cares? Probably going to be a pretty quick one. Um, it's very late. I pretty much have to wake up in about 10 minutes to go to work. Um, and I feel like I'm dying. So... To keep myself awake here, I'm going to put the playoff game. Oh, good. It's an intermission, so I'm not even going to be able to to do that. Anyways, welcome back. Judd's Buds, episode whatever it is. Thank you for tuning in. As always, your host, Spoke Z. Um, You know where to find me on Twitter. Come on. Anyways, um, I was really hoping to do a full mailbag today. Uh, Didn't get close to enough questions. And a couple of the questions that I did get are absolutely outrageous. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a mailbag episode anyways, because I want to. Um, you know, I'll, I, I can't not talk about the playoffs already, or obviously. Um, so I'll briefly, you know, give my two cents on what's going on. Um Obviously, Pavel Novak signed his ELC today. Uh, that was always coming, but it's very exciting. Um, I'll probably have more to say next week just because he literally signed today, and I haven't really had, um, you know, a chance to to give myself um, any time to formulate any real coherent thoughts that would be worth uh, sharing in this podcast. But if you've listened before, you know how I feel about the kid. He's really fun to watch. Uh, He had an unbelievable year, by far his best year so far since being drafted. Um, I think his game's taken another step. Um, He's becoming more uh, multi-dimensional. He's not just a power play threat from deep. He's scoring in different ways. Uh, You know, and anytime he scored 29 goals, um, you know, on on a very average Kelowna team, um, you know, I think he played 62 games. That's pretty good. So, um, you know, there's definitely a lot to his game that he needs to work on if he's going to make the NHL, but it was cool that he signed. So that was really exciting. Um, but again, I'll try to come up with a better rundown on Pavel Novak and what I think, um, you know, he could be, um, you know, in the AHL next season, which is where I, I would assume that he'll be uh, just because he is older. He is 20 um, and he's been playing juniors for a while now. So I, uh, believe he will be i believe he has to actually go maybe he can do an overage season in juniors but um he should be in iowa next season i think that's where he should go um i think that's what's best for him um but there are definitely a lot of things that he's gonna have to iron out of his game he's gonna have to refine some things if he does want a chance to play in the nhl because it's by far um you know it's not a guarantee that he does ever make it to the show 
Um, even though he did have a really good season, he's a really good player. He's really fun to watch. Um, and he did take a step. He's got a lot that he's got to figure out. Um, you know, we'll see how much is able to translate to the, to the pro game, because I'm telling you right now, he's not gonna be a 30 goal scorer in the NHL, but, um, you know, I do think he's taken a stride stride or two this season, um, you know, in the right direction. So, uh, but again, we'll, we'll do more Pavel Novak next week. Hopefully if I remember fingers crossed, if you have more questions about Pavel Novak, send them in, uh, to keep me focused. But anyways, um, so that's my two minutes on Pavel Novak right now. Again, next week we'll go over him more in depth and talk about him in the season that he had. Um, and now I guess we'll just, I'll give my brief thoughts on the series with St. Louis so far, obviously two, two. So now we've got a best, uh, best of three series now. Um, you know, I'm still confident in Minnesota. I think the series is pretty much going how I expected it to go. Um, you know, I think Minnesota, it's been fairly, even if you look at like actual shot totals and everything, but in, in terms of like, you know, especially even strength, um, you know, high danger chances, quality of scoring chances. Um, you know, it's funny if you look at the underlying numbers, Minnesota's kind of kicking the shit out of them. I think they have 60% of the high danger chances and they have around 58% of the expected goals. Um, but they're taking a lot of stupid penalties. Um, and that's when St. Louis is going to kill you. St. Louis is by far the superior team on, uh, the PK as well as the PP. Um, so if you're Minnesota, you just have to do everything in your power to keep it at five v five. And, you know, some games they are a lot better at that than others. Uh, that game four was pretty much an unmitigated, unmitigated disaster. Um, so key number one, if they're going to win this series, if they're going to win the best two or three games, again, you have two of those at home. If it goes seven, which I would imagine it's going to go seven, uh, just take care of business at home and you're good to go and you move on. Um, so key number one, you got to keep it at five five. You just have to St. Louis is going to try to bait you in. They love doing that. It's what they do. Um, you know, and if you're going to put them on the power play, they're probably going to score. Um, it's just what they, I mean, Robert Thomas, Jordan Kyrie right now is unbelievable. Um, you know, those, those are got those are the guys that are really kind of carrying the load for them right now. Uh, Kyrie is really doing damage. He's a, he is an electrifying player. That goal that he scored, it was sick when he went between the legs. But uh, there's like seven turnovers before that you just can't have from Brodeen and Dumba. Uh, Gaudreau turned the puck over there. Um, so, you know, it, you don't have to play perfect hockey, but you can't make those kinds of mistakes. And you just need to keep this at 5v5 um, or at least even strength. Just keep them away from the power play. Um, and and the, the, number two, you just have to start finishing chances. Kevin Fiala right now hasn't obviously been good enough. Um, he's got one assist through four games. He's got 14 penalty minutes. I think he's a dash two. I don't even know how many shots he has in the series. I can pull that up right now, actually. Um, unless it doesn't want to tell me. Um, he obviously hasn't been good enough. That line hasn't been good enough. Uh, they've had flashes. I actually thought they were pretty good in the third period of game four. Boldy obviously gets that goal. Um, that could be huge for him. Um but it's really been, honestly, I think Tyson Jones has been excellent. I think he's been really good. Um, you know, it's he's kind of stapled to the fourth line with Duhame and uh, Deloria, so that kind of limits him there. Uh, but I think he's been really good defensively. I think he's made a lot of really good plays. He's been really good on the forecheck. He's kind of, he's had multiple plays where, you know, he's going in by himself, winning the puck back, and then kind of battling against four different guys and creating an offensive zone faceoff by throwing it on net or um, just extending offensive zone time. So I think he's been really good. And then it's been that grief line, right? I mean, that's just, they're built 
to play playoff hockey. Like it's just what they do. Um, so again, if Greenway can just stay out of the box, which has been kind of, you know, I think he only has like six pims, but a couple of them are just not good uh, timing. But um, you know, when they're rolling, they're pretty much unstoppable. Uh, Erickson X been an absolute beast. Um, and aside from that, I mean, Kaprizov and Zuccarello, they've been unbelievable. Hartman's got five assists. Uh, Kaprizov is already like what fourth in franchise history of goals in the playoffs. He has five. <laughs> That's bananas. Um, and then on the back end, you've got a bunch of guys that probably haven't been very, you know, have not been good enough. Uh, Matt Dumba had a really bad game. People need to get off him though. Jesus Christ. One mistake. And it's like, I mean, it happened all year too. One mistake. He'd make 15 good plays and he did one thing poorly or makes one turnover. Um, and everyone's like, he does this every game. He's the worst. Player. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it, he's a classic high risk, high reward player. He's flashy. So he's going to stick out more than anybody else. Um, but it's not like he's he's like some plug out there. I I had someone tell me that the difference now between Dumba Dumba today and Dumba of old is he had Nate Prosser to back him up and and clean up his mistakes. That was one of the most psychotic re- replies I've ever received in my life. I couldn't believe that that's that was a that was a real thought tweeted at me. I had to read it about eleven times to make sure the kid wasn't joking. He was dead serious. Because Nate Prosser isn't around anymore. Um, that's why Matt Dumba's turned the puck over, apparently. So that's someone's thought. Um, feels aggressive. You know what? But I'm never going to tell you how to be a fan. So just do whatever you want, I guess. But that was psychotic. And then, uh, aside from that, I think Flurry's been fine for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple goals that he'd like to have back. Um but he's also made a ton of really good saves. He's been left out to a dry a few times, um, you know, and there, there are games where he's just not getting a ton of support. So, um, you know, I think it's been a mixed bag. I think he's been fine. You know, again, I think he'd definitely like to have some of those goals back, um, but he has made some ridiculous, uh, you know, right to left saves, crazy glove saves. I mean, obviously in game, what was it? Game one, he had that, uh, the penalty shot save on Barbashev. Um, but yeah, I think he's just been okay. Um, you know, I don't really, anyone that was looking to go right back to Talbot, I think it's crazy. Uh, I, I would honestly just with the, the chances that Minnesota seems to be giving up right now and how often they've been putting St. Louis in the power play, I'd say, uh, you probably look at the same results, even if Talbot was in net. Um, but again, I, I don't think he's cost you any games, you know, the games you lose, you've been getting shit kicked. Um, so I have a hard time looking at flurry at any of those losses, uh, but it's an even series, man. This is how it was going to work out. Um, you know, this one felt like it was always going to go seven. It was always going to be rough. It was going to be tough. Um, Braden Shen just loves killing guys when they're not looking. Um, but again, keys, to, keys for me. Number one, keep this at even strength. You can't put St. Louis on that power play. Two, you have to start finishing those chances. Um, Fiala, that line needs to get going here. Um, you got to eliminate those mistakes in the back end because, again, this is the playoffs and, you know, one play can kill you. Um, and then the last one for me, though, you got please start peppering Jordan Bennington. The guy hasn't played since early April. Um, I think the first, what, 15 minutes of game three, he's coming in for the first time in a month, and I think they had four shots on that. One of them went in. So, I mean, it, 
when St. Louis is doing what they were doing in game four and keeping you at the perimeter, at least just throw some pucks and make Mitting to make some saves. I mean, obviously you don't want to like just throw a bunch of muffins at them, but um, you know, make them work. Like it was crazy to me how they were just letting them get totally settled in. Um, you know, if nothing else, just get the puck deep and just start hammering them at the net. You know, get traffic in front of him. He's a complete hothead. If you sniff him, he might lose his fucking marbles. Um, but there's just there was not enough thrown at Bennington for me. I thought they let him get really settled in. And then, you know, as the game went on, he obviously was very comfortable and he made a lot of really good saves, but um just was not tested enough for me. Um, you know, and obviously this is gonna sound crazy, but you have to score if you want to win the playoffs. But um you know, again, the, the the guy's cold. He hasn't played since early April, and he stunk all year long. And you just not, you're not testing him enough. So, just start getting pucks on that. Keep it simple. Do what you know. Do what uh, Dean Evison always says: fucking North South hockey. Um, you know, and again, I think you, you keep this at even strength. The, the the Minnesota Wild are the better team. So, um, you know, it's an even series. It's where we're at right now. Two two. Um. This will probably kill all of us by the end of it, uh, but that's why we love playoff hockey, baby. We live on that. We live and die on every play. Um, and usually, if you're me, you want to die the whole game until it's over. Um, and then, depending how how it goes, you might still want to die. So, um, let's see if Kevin Fiala can get going in that whole second or third line, depending on how you juggle your own lines, what you call the line. Uh, I'd like to see Dyson Joes get some more playing time. I'd like to see him get a, the occasional look with Boldy and Fiala. I think he's a deserved little bump. Um, you know, you got to start mitigating those uh, defensive mistakes in your own end, and you got to stay out of the box. So there you go. That's the series so far. Um, I'm saying it right now. I think they're going to come out firing game five. I think first couple minutes. Kevin Fiala scores. Matt Boldy gets it on the mix. Um, and you know who else I'd like to see score a goal is Jacob Middleton. I think he's been really good. Um, I think he's a plus seven, which I did not see coming. Um, but I think he's been really good for them. So game five, they're going to come out. They're going to be firing. Um, and they're just going to start peppering Bennington. And, and Fiala's going to get hot that game. I can feel it. Okay. And that's all I really have to say about that. I should probably write this shit down. Okay. Let's go to the questions, but before we do that, let's pay some bills here. Let me tell you about the folks at DraftKings. Hey, hockey fans. The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for those exciting playoffs and sports, confirmed. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same gay parlay, same game. Oh my god, same game parlays. You can do just that. Jesus Christ, I am a disaster. 
Uh, create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, it's secure, and it's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. As I said last week, confirmed. I've had to do that a few times. Uh, download DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. NHL, not the NFL, possibly the NFL. I don't know. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Might be one of my more brutal reads, but I'm in rough shape right now. So, you know, I'm not here to make excuses, but I just think it should be known that I'm in rough shape. I am. I'm hurting. Okay. Let's go to the questions. This really is going to be a quick one. Um, I'm sorry if that disappoints you, but I'm just, I just, I'm dead. As always, we're going to start with my guy, uh, Corey, Corey Jansen, my boy. Hi Z. Hi Corey. How do you capture your hockey gifts? Parentheses, software, app, device, etc. Question mark. Feel free to tell me to fuck off if this is top secret info. <laughs> I wanted to capture Keandre Miller punching water bottles off the bench and could not figure out how to do it for the life of me. What a poor excuse for, for a millennial. <laughs> well, you know what I just remembered? I was at the bar when I got this question. <laughs> and I looked down at my phone. I had this email from Corey Jansen. And like, I was like half reading it and I just see, feel free to tell me to fuck off. And then I saw you just wanted to take a video of Keandre Miller punching water bottles off the bench. <laughs> Anyways, it's not top secret info, Corey, you beauty. Um, I just record my screen. Depending on uh, what kind of computer have, what, com what kind of computer you have. Uh, it's pretty easy. Um, for me, I just have a shortcut I use on the keyboard. Um, I just record the screen, um, and then I go back and trim it and edit it uh, to the exact frame I want. And then I tweet it. At this point, I've got it down to a science where I can get up in about five seconds. Um, if I'm making, like, sometimes um, the stream really fucks up the replays where they'll, um, you know, they'll do... Like Flurry will make a huge save. They'll go right to commercial and then they come back and they play the replays. So I'll take about, you know, I'll take the first video, I'll record my screen on that, on the save, and I'll end it. And then when it comes back, I will uh, take, I'll record the screen for the, um, for the replays. And then I will either go into, um, you know, some other, I'll either use StreamYard or I'll use like iMovie and I'll combine them. It's not that it's not rocket science. It's uh, you literally just have to record the screen. Um, but if I'm making longer videos, like um, I've got a, a bunch of um, full game montages of different prospects uh, shift by shift, then I'll record the screen and then throw them into, um, you know, iMovie or, or StreamYard, um, make a longer video. And then I kind of edit it from there, but um, I don't really, I didn't, I had no interest in figuring out how to use any kind of software or anything like that, or any kind of special device or anything or app. Um, so I keep it pretty simple. I pretty much just record the screen. That being said, if you did want to just make a GIF, cause I do videos, um, 
there's a bunch of websites you can literally google how to like make a gif and there's about 50 websites you can just if you record your screen if you have a video um you can make it a gif and and not the video like i post but uh not rocket science i I pretty much just uh, record my screen evan van oh no oh fuck evan van odigum odigum van odigum one of those uh fuck berry kill jesus christ we're getting dark uh pancakes waffles or french toast okay i'll marry waffles i'll fuck pancakes oh that sounds terrible and i'll kill french toast french toast is just a whole lot going on for me um I like to keep it simple. French toast, it feels like there's just a few steps you have to take in order to make it. Um, and I'm just not interested in that. I don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Pancakes, boom. Uh, waffles, boom. Done deal. You know, you can make it nice and easy. If you go to like a hotel, they might have like the fucking uh, Bel Belgian waffle maker. Those things are crazy. Um, but yeah, French toast for me, there's just a whole lot going on. I feel like it's rich people food and I don't like it. Well, I mean, I don't hate it or anything. It's fine, but whatever. Anyways, moving on to the second part of his question. What an outrageous first two questions, by the way. Uh, which forwards on Minnesota do you think could have a good career playing defense? And which defenseman do you think could make a good forward? That is that is a question. Well, starting with the forwards. I think Tyson Jones could be a really good lefty. I think Connor Dewar could as well. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I just like the way they're they're both mobile. They they both can move their feet. I think they they both play tough. Um, you know, and they obviously are both good defensively as is. But um, you know, maybe in the offenses, I think. I mean, Tyson Jost has high end offensive ability, but I think you know if he was like a left shot D, he could power play a quarterback. I bet he's got the composure on the puck. I think he's got a really good first pass. And then I think he's um, creative in the offensive zone. Connor Dewar kind of seems like he could be a good stay at home D man um, who plays hard. He plays physical. Um, so I think those two are my guys probably that I'd say could, could be pretty good defensemen. And then on the back end, I think Matt Dumba just screams uh, psychotic bottom six right wing. Sometimes he also has the skill. I mean, he's got sick hands. He can skate. Um, you know, he kind of plays a winger game as a defenseman. So I'd say him for sure. Um, Jared Spurgeon is pretty much good at everything. So maybe you could put him there. Um, and then aside from that, Kalen Addison already played a little bit of wing this season. Remember that? That was fucking weird. Uh, he almost scored. He almost got a penalty shot. Remember he drew the penalty? Um, so I think for sure Dumba. Brodeen, I'm sure, could be a fourth line left wing. Um, just the ridiculous skating, like a like a defensive specialist PK guy. Um that might be it. I don't think any of the defensemen could be like a center, though. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so forwards, I bet Tyson Jost and Connor Dewey could be pretty good defensemen. And then, um, again, Spurgeon's good at everything. But for me, Matt Dumba absolutely screams like a psychotic uh, fourth line right wing with offensive upside for sure. Nico Sturm was still here, but he could play D. 
Moving on. Douglas Larson, where is Fiala? He already doing offseason training with he sheer back in Switzerland. Yeah, it's not been a very good postseason so far. Yeah, I thought he actually was good though in the third period. I thought he made a really nice a bunch of really nice plays. Uh leading up to that uh boldy goal um against St. Louis, they both were really good on that shift. Um for me, he's just got to simplify the game, just get back to what he was doing before. I think he gets a little bit too wrapped up with like the after whistle stuff and the physicality. I think he's just got to let St. Louis do their thing. I think they're just getting in his head right now, and he's just got to focus on playing his game. Um, again, keep it simple. Sometimes I think he's trying to do too much out there. Um, you know, this is a kid he's playing for a contract, and he wants to prove he can play in the playoffs. Um, and you're playing against like the toughest team, probably for. Minnesota, like I oddly think St. Louis is harder for them to play against than a team like Colorado. Um, as weird as that sounds, I mean, the track record's there to be honest with you because you know, you look at how they play against Colorado and St. Louis is night and day, but um, yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Fiala for me, just keep it simple, just stick to his game. He's just doing too much, he's getting too wrapped up um, in the physical stuff after the whistle. He doesn't really need to, he's got plenty of other guys on the team that can handle that. shit. Um, you know, St. Louis, they're trying to rattle him, and it's kind of working, obviously, right? I mean, he's taken four, he's got 14 penalty minutes. Um, he's taken a couple of real bad ones. Um, so I think he's just got to settle down, keep it simple, do what has found success, do what he's found success doing all year, which is pretty much just being Kevin Vial. Like, don't worry about St. Louis, don't worry about the fucking rough stuff. Um, you know, just play your game. Cleanup King, bad time to ask, and you know what? I did ask, like, the middle of the game. Anyway, do we know what Marco Rossi, what injury he had and how long he was dealing with it? They still haven't said what the injury was. I know he's been dealing with it for a while just because you could see, because uh, he did miss some time with injury, and then he broke his nose. I don't think it's his nose. Um, you know, I wonder if it is something else. I don't even know if it's upper body or lower body. His skating looked fine, so I'd be I wouldn't be totally shocked if it was lower body. But um, he did, you know, it, he was still getting to the grade A areas of the ice. He was still getting the middle of the ice, just not as often as he was, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. I think part of that's just fatigue. Again, first full pro season after a year of not playing any hockey whatsoever, not even like touching a gym until the summer. Um, but he definitely, you, there was a little bit of a difference in his game. He wasn't on the puck as much. He wasn't as dominant. Um, you know, and he still made a bunch of really nice plays just about every game, but um, definitely wasn't as noticeable. So I'd say it was like a, probably a month or two that he was dealing with that injury. Um, you know, and that coincides with Connor Dewar getting recalled and not coming back until the last couple of games. Um, you know, Mason Shaw went up, Kyle Rao went up. You know, half the team fucking went up and get called up. Um, so he's playing with a bunch of different guys. Chief, he got called up, obviously. Um, and that kind of coincided with him, obviously, playing a little bit injured here. So I would say it's probably about a month or two, you know, possibly even longer. Uh, but he had a bunch of injuries this season, too. People forget. I mean, he had two at the beginning of the year, which is getting fucking knocked out. Um, then he breaks his nose um, and then whatever this thing is. So, um, again, they haven't really said they do a pretty good job keeping that shit tight lip. Which... All right, I'm back. Once again, my computer did the thing that it likes. To, I got to make sure that this fucking shit is on. Hello. Okay, great. Fuck off. This is crazy. My computer just did the thing where it, that it just likes to do randomly at least once a day where it just shuts off. The screen goes pink, then it goes black, and it shuts off. 
But anyways, it looks like we didn't lose anything. We just have two minutes of me going, fuck, you'll be fucking kidding me. Um, and that's that's really all that happened. I just sat here and waited for it to turn back on. I wonder how much of that's on. If I just like cut out. Anyways, moving on. Um, so, yes, we were just saying Marco Rossi. I would imagine that it's been uh, quite some time that he's had this injury. Matthew asks, I know I already asked this question elsewhere, so sorry. But if the Devils offer the fifth overall pick for Fiala, do you take it? And who do you draft if you're Judd? Uh, yeah, I would take that. Um, I think you're getting a top five pick for Kevin Fiala. It feels weird because it feels like there should be. Um, why is this person? Who are you? Um, it's weird because, you know, just getting one pick for Kevin Fiala feels small, but like, you know, it's also a top five pick for a kid that's unsigned. You're probably not, you don't really have a chance to resign. So if someone wants to give up a, a fifth overall pick or, you know, wherever the devils end up picking, it's probably going to be top five, top six. Um, it's hard to pass up. It feels like there should be something else, but I mean, you're talking about a top five fucking pick here. You're talking about a kid that realistically, um, you know, anyone that's projected to go there is looking to play games, not maybe not next season, but the year after. Um, that's a pretty valuable pick. So, um, you know, do you send something else the other way, like a lower round pick and get a couple more picks or a prospect? Um, but the fifth overall pick, you know, you're looking at a really fucking good player. And two guys that I wonder about just with how, you know, the the rankings have shifted lately. I look at those two right shot D that for me are probably going to end up going, you know, there's a good chance they're both gone by number five, but I just look at, I know, you know, Shane Wright's going number one right now. It really looks like one of Logan Cooley, you know, he's got a lot of people saying that he'll go number two, you know, Slavkovsky, uh, your eye Slavkovsky, he's probably going in that top five now. So you're looking at a potential, if you're picking four or five or six, you could potentially wind up with one of David Yerchek, right shot D, check. He's unbelievable. Big boy, he's huge, he's tough, he skates well. Um, he's got a really good shot. He's offensively dynamic. He defends well enough. Um, and he's kind of just an alpha dog. The kid's a beast. He's been, He was playing pro you know, in the pro league over in uh, the Czech Republic and like dominating. And, you know, after the first few games, he, he got himself suspended for the first game of the year. Uh, then he got suspended when he came back. <laughs> and then after that, he really cooled. He kind of figured out, you know, how to play the game over there. And he's one of the best defensemen in the league. He's playing 22 minutes a night when they say like 11 points in 20 something games, 30 something games, goes to the world juniors and gets hurt. Um, and he pretty much missed the rest of the season, had to get knee surgery. So, you know, you're wondering if that affects his draft stock at all. For me, he's probably a top three pick. And then the other ones, look, you're looking at Simon Nemitz. For me, he's always been number two. I could go with him or Yerichek at number two right now. For me, another right shot D. He's right around 5'11", six foot or so. He's light, um, but he's just so smooth, such a fun player to watch. He tore up the Slovakian league this season. And really came on at the end of the year. He had a really good playoff. He's almost at a point break in the playoffs. Um, one of the best defensemen I've seen in a long time. And I think that it's not going to take a whole lot of time for him to adjust the life of the NHL. And again, you're looking at a Minnesota wild prospect pool who after Kalen Addison, um, you know, right shot D, you got Simon Johansson who just signed Kyle Masters, who's probably like four or five years away from playing in the NHL. Um, other than that, there aren't really a whole lot of right shot D. Philip Johansson, he's not coming back. Um, 
So if you could get one of those two, that's, I mean, you're looking at a kid who's probably ready to play in two years in the NHL at, at a legit high level. So, um, you know, those are the two guys for me that if you're picking, you know, that high, those are two really good options. And then on the other, you know, if you want to go the back end still, their left shot D's, we got like Kevin Korchinski, you got Dent Matejchuk, uh, Pavel Manchukov, he's unbelievable. Your, your prospect pool is pretty deep there, so maybe you look at Cutter Gauthier's making a lot of get a lot of people's top five, which to me is really high. He's really good, um, but that feels a little bit aggressive for me. Um, so you know, you see, you see who's there, but you know, number five is not a bad place to pick. Man, <laughs> you, you let everyone else sort out who goes top four, and then you know, top five, Logan Cooley drops down there. He's legit. Yerichek, Nemitz, Matty Savoy, uh, Frank Nazar. It's a really good spot to pick. So that's why for me, if I'm looking at having to trade Kevin Fiala, I'm getting a kid um, who in two years is on the and uh, like playing in the NHL um, and has absolute star-studded potential, even more so probably than Kevin Fiala. So, yeah, I don't think it's um, – I think it would be pretty crazy for New Jersey to do it. Um I don't really know how you would actually give up a top five pick. Um, but I mean, if Kevin, you know, Kevin Villa, he fits with the devils too. He fits what they want to do. He's, he's right around that age. Um, so he fits everything they want, but uh top five pick would be, would not be a bad haul if you're the Minnesota wild, especially when you're looking at the kids that could be going, going number five. So, um, you know, anywhere four, five, six, seven, um, anything in the top 10, really. Uh, you're getting a really good player who's looking to play games in the next two or three years. Bender Week asks, What is Marco Rossi's injuries? Don't know. How serious? Any chance he gets a call this postseason? We make it past the first. I don't think it was that serious. Um, I don't think he's going to be getting any kind of surgery or anything. So that's always positive, obviously. Uh, he was at the Twins game the other day, just chilling hopefully he was booze and i hope he drank a million beers he deserves it uh what is he fucking 19 20 whoops um so i wouldn't say it's super serious but it was serious enough that they didn't want to risk you know bag skating him every day with the black aces let him just recoup especially after this, this year um you know give him some time and he's gonna hit the gym hard uh any chance he gets called this postseason no not a chance he won't i mean he's not even with the black aces right now um, so, I mean, if anyone's getting a call, um, I don't even think, you know, it's probably doer. Um, you know, he's, I mean, I think he's definitely the go-to. I mean, he, he, there would have to be for any of the black aces to really, uh, look to get in, you know, they're, they're hopping over doer and Bukestad, which I just don't see happening. You'd have to have a lot of injuries for, um, any of those black aces to get into a game. Um, you know, maybe Kalen Addison's like the closest one if the defense keeps shitting themselves or if someone else gets hurt. Uh, but yeah, Marco Rossi, no chance. He's not even with the black aces. So um, he can't. Um, and whatever that injury is, it's, it's, I don't think it's serious to the point where you're worried about, you know, long term or, you know, him starting next season on time. Um, Cause again, he's not getting the surgery or anything like that. But um, it's serious enough that they're like, yeah, you know what? Just, just take some time, uh, recoup, get your health back together. But um, yeah, th like I said, they they do a pretty fucking good job of keeping it tight lip and not telling anyone what the injury is, 
injury is, which is super annoying. Um, I'm going to try to infiltrate my sources again, like the ones that told me that Lambos will be in the WHL next season. And I found out, I believe that he wouldn't have even been eligible to play in the AHL next season. Anyways, I don't think that that five games or four games of fucking Kootenai, uh, 2018, 19 counted as a full season. Uh, cause it was like a loan type situation. So, um, got that from a pretty good source. Um, I'm going to keep, I've got a couple other sources I can annoy to see what this injury is and I'll try to find out, but, um, yeah, I don't think it's anything like, you know, a knee getting surgery or anything like that, like shoulder. I don't think it's anything like that, but, um, you know, maybe if nothing else, they're like, you know what? It's been a crazy year. Just take some time. You played your first year of pro hockey. You were unbelievable. Um, take some time, hit the gym, uh, and just start working the off season. But, but yeah, so that's that 38 minutes minus two when my computer shut off. Um, if this episode wasn't your cup of tea, I get it. I'm not my own cup of tea. So, um, you know, hopefully I get more questions that week, next week and we can do a full mailbag. I'll do a better breakdown on Pavel Novak. I just didn't have it in me today, uh, partly because he signed today. So, um, game five, Wednesday at home. That's a big one. Win that game, get St. Louis on the ropes, a lot of pressure away. Um, uh, see if you can take care of business in six, shut that fucking St. Louis crowd up um and get cooking for round two um hopefully most of the prospects are still playing the chl playoffs kyle masters probably is going to be eliminated by then because they're getting slaughtered um yeah so anyways next week hopefully we get a better mailbag uh, or at least more questions um we'll talk pavel novak a couple other guys we'll probably touch on um and then a couple of other guys who do like a post-mortem for their uh, specifically like the CHL guys. Uh, maybe a little Simon Johansson. I got to do some film work on him too. Um, I'll try to come up with a better plan for a full episode next week. And, uh, and we'll go from there. So anyways, thank you for tuning in as always. I will see you next week. Unless I'm dead.